0: That's awesome. All the dads out there. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you. Well, Happy Father's Day. Can we actually have all the dads stand up today? Any fathers in the house? Could you stand up? And we give them a warm hand clap today? It's awesome. Awesome, awesome. Good to see you guys today. Question, as you're seated, any... First time dads in the house this morning, anybody that, first time dads this year. Anyone had a baby this year, no? Oh, first time dad, right there. Okay, well, coming soon, man. Five more weeks, come on, let's give it up for him. That video, man, that's you. (laughs) Hey, listen, come here, we wanna give you a little something just for, for, come on, let's give it up for this new dad. A harbor house, a little something to here to get you through. Let's pray for him. He's going to need a lot of grace, right? Welcome to the dad club, man. So, Lord, thank you for our friend and for this soon-to-be father and just all that you're doing, the beauty of his life in this new season. Lord, we honor him. We bless him today in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you, man. It's awesome. It's good. Well, welcome. We had um, yesterday a fun outing with... Uh, all the men, not all the men, a few of the men in the harbor, and it was awesome. Who was here for Top Golf? Let's give it up. Come on, it was awesome, incredible. And, um, you know, we all gathered. It was, it was an amazing time. You know, I think, I think there's a longing in the hearts of everyone, but we saw this yesterday that there's a longing in the hearts for men to connect with other men, right? And I think that God's up to something because, you know, we're not alone on this journey uh, called life, and we need friendships, we need relationships. And so, guys, keep your eyes and ears open for more things happening here at the harbor collectively where we can get into one another's life. You can take that picture down. I want to share just really briefly, when we were at the Top Golf thing, I was just kind of mingling around, connecting with people that I really hadn't had a whole lot of opportunity to really just have some conversation with and get to know a little bit of their story. But as I did, one of the common things that I noticed was that most of the guys, before they even came... um, they were saying how, you know, there was all these excuses like, man, I don't know if I want to go, I, I, I suck at golf, you know, um, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know any of these guys, you know, what am I doing, I, I, you know, all those kind of questions, and I think it, it, it's, it's amazing to me the subtleness of our adversary that tries to keep us in places of isolation, and what I found is, as, as the time went by over our morning, which was three hours, I was like, man, how in the world are we going to hit golf balls for three hours, you know? And it went by so fast. It was like, oh my gosh, it, it was like 12 o'clock when they were telling us all to get off the, 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 the pods and guys are still hitting and we're all laughing and having a good time. But I was amazed at how, as the time went, all of those spheres, all of those Questions that were coming to men's minds, like, am I going to really even get to know anybody? Why am I here? All that stuff just disintegrated away in the presence of real community. And I think it's more important than ever for all of us, but men especially, let's get connected, right, in this time and in this hour. It's awesome. Come on, give it up to the Lord. It's amazing. So we're in a series, and I want to continue that series today. It's called It's Good to Be Us, and it's really talking about it's good to be us as believers in general just followers of Jesus but we're looking at culture and how that relates that statement relates to the harbor specifically because there's parts of who we are that we want to emphasize as a community so that you're tracking with us on where we're going in terms of vision direction and values that are really that are really planted within our hearts to see God do all that he wants to do here in our community so it's good to be us, it's good to be us as a house, it's good to be us as the body of Christ in this hour. I believe that we're living in one of the most amazing times in human history. And I believe that with what God's doing and been doing in South Florida, it's an amazing moment that we find ourselves in and we need to get ready. We need to get ready for what is on the horizon. It is, it is upon us and it is, it, is, it is being set into motion and it is incredible, incredible time to be living down here, but I want to talk about it's good to be us and 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 the the revelation and understanding that we have found as a house as it relates to the fivefold ministry. Now I know that's kind of an ethereal term, so I want to I want to break that down for what I'm talking about because we're going to answer one basic question this morning. But the fivefold ministry is really really important as it relates to um, our foundation. And how we do ministry here, and our philosophy about seeing all of us step into who we've been called to become. Can I get an amen? All right? And this is really, really important. So, fivefold ministry, we're gonna actually look at the scripture. We're only gonna look at three verses in the Bible today um, and focus on those. I'm gonna read one of the portion, but in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, this is where you find what was referred to as the fivefold ministry gifts. And it's talking about when Jesus ascended after his resurrection and went to heaven, it says that, that he gave gifts to the church. And they're the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. And these five gifts, they call them the five-fold ministry gifts, were given for a specific purpose, all right? Now, in the body of Christ, some would say, well, the pastor-teacher goes together. I'm not here to like kinda, you know, cut those kinda lines, but I just wanna submit that nonetheless, the point is, is that parts of Jesus Himself. Listen to me, when He gave them back to the church and back to the earth as a gift, He didn't just give one. He gave a multiplicity of gifts, and this is very, very, very important. In fact, if I were to say, you know, anything right here, it would it would, it would be this. It would be that, man, it, there, there's there's a need, if you will for plurality as it relates to relationship in our lives and receiving from other people how many of you know that we can't get everything from just one person we we need a, a, a plethora of gifts from Jesus and and I really feel that you know these gifts are given into the church these special gifts because you are a gift you are a gift cuz we're going to look at these specific fivefold ministry gifts are equipping roles within the body but but they're not to be elevated actually quite the contrary they're, they're they're servants given by the grace of god to to the body of christ because you are a gift and you carry within you apostolic grace prophetic grace pastoral grace teaching graces you know all, all evangelistic graces it's inside of you actually And the Lord will cause those things to come to life so that when you're in your particular sphere of influence, which exists outside the four walls of any gathering, you are going to be powerfully effective to leaven that sphere sphere with the kingdom of God and with the life of God. Come on, somebody. This is what Jesus is up to, all right? You are a gift. And these these grace gifts that, that the Father... Gave to his house. You know, we we need to recognize something up front here. Jesus, whenever he talked about the church, he always called it the Father's house. He never called it his own house. He said he would help build it, but it was a Father's house that was being constructed. Kyle was referencing his own story, and we have so many Kyles, male and female, in our church that have come out of whatever realms of brokenness, including my own self, You know, into this place called the Father's house, that that is a big, big house. Come on, somebody, eighties in the in the room. It's a big, big house. Um, Yeah, and there's another story. Yeah, it's a big, big house, and there's lots of room right in this Father's house. But but we come into it, and it's a safe place. It's a really safe place, filled with lots and lots of love. You know, and in that, there's room for us to grow. And become who god would have us to be and jesus is building this house but it's the father's house it's his house i want to show you a scripture this is just going to be a jumping off point to our message this morning found in john chapter 2 verse 13 look at this with me it says this it was nearly the time for the jewish passover now the contextually here this is before jesus crucifixion and he says in in verse 14 in the temple in the temple court, there there is more than enough room. Jesus says, "There is more than enough room." As he saw this merchandise, okay, so he's going into this temple court. It's actually the court of the Gentiles. It's where they were supposed to be able to come in. Does everybody understand that there were the Jews in this time, the the, the people of God, if you will, and the Gentiles, those who did not know God, and there was this court area. And the Gentiles were supposed to be able to come into this place and get glimpses into who the Father was, right? And so Jesus, it says here, that he saw merchants. Everybody say merchants. And they were selling cattle, sheep, and doves for sacrifices. And he also saw dealers at tables exchanging foreign money. So there was a lot of stuff that was happening, business stuff kind of going on here. And this is crazy. And you got to see verse 15, as Jesus takes this whip... And he, he put some ropes together and, and, and chased all the people out of the temple. How I many you know he did that with perfect righteousness? Like there was no sin whatsoever in the movement here. This is crazy. Like if it was me, I would have been sinning. Can I get an amen? Like, you know, anytime I've, I've gotten upset like that and tried to, you know, exert whatever passion that was on the inside of me looking something like that, trust me, there was, there was no righteousness normally in that space. But Jesus was able to do it in such a way where it was completely righteous. And it says he chased them out of this court area where the Gentiles or the people in the world were supposed to be able to come and find space in the Father's house. You tracking with me? He scattered the money changers, it says. He he turned over their tables. And then he went over, verse 16, it says to to the... The people who were selling doves and he told them get these things out of here and here's the statement i want you to pick up on he says stop turning this is oh my god stop turning my father's house into a marketplace or another way of saying it is stop turning my father's house into a business We, we need to just sit right there for just a minute. The one time we see Jesus get passionately moved to the degree that he was, he was, you know, enabled by the Father to drive something out of the Father's house, it was when it was being turned into a business. Hmm. So, Here's a statement this morning. After I say the statement, we could actually say amen and go have our father's day lunches or join the rest of the fathers that are out fishing this morning or you know wake surfing or whatever they're doing. We could just go get with them, right? And just break for the morning. But but here's here's my statement. Is the father's house is a family and not a business. Can I get a better amen? the house of the father is a family is a family in fact the answer to the world's problems was a son who was sent by a father to come and build a house that is called the father's house that is supposed to be a safe place i told the worship team in the back this morning before i came in i was i was listening to that song by by uh, I can't remember the name of the band. Anyhow, Elevation Worship, sorry. And it's the one that says the atmosphere is changing now. The atmosphere is changing now. You know, the glory of God, the presence of God in the earth is changing the atmosphere of the earth. The brokenness of the world that we've all walked in relating to father, brokenness of family, brokenness of home, the atmosphere because Jesus came and and just reconnected that gap that was cut off between us and heaven because of his death, resurrection on the cross. Incredible. Heaven is now connected to the earth, and the atmosphere is changing now. So when I say that the Father's house is a family and not a business, can you see that? Can you you see that? Because that's an important question, because how we see something, this is really important, determines how we're going to interact with it. You see, our perception of whatever determines our interaction with that reality. So if I say the Father's house is a family and not a business, you have to be able to see it that way in order to determine how you're going to interact with that. Is that making sense to you this morning? All right? For example, if I see the Father's house, I'm talking about me personally, if I see it as a business, I will see it as a place I come to be served. Come on. And the more of my investment into that place, the more I'm going to expect to be served even more. Whether that's time, talents, or financial resources. If I, if I think, hey man, this thing that I'm a part of called the church is a business, and I perceive it that way, my expectation over that place is going to be, the more I give of my time and of my talents, and especially of my money, then I should be served even more from that contribution. Oh, we're going somewhere this morning. You know, when I go into a fancy restaurant with my wife, which I'm going to do when she gets back on Tuesday, can I get an amen? She left last Friday to go see her father up in South Carolina. I think you guys know he's suffering with Parkinson's and could be his last Father's Day. We don't know. But when she gets home, I'm going to take her out to dinner, and it's going to be somewhere nice. Can I get an amen, ladies? Come on. Amen. Guys, when you take them out, take them out somewhere nice. Save your pennies and do it right. Can I get an amen? But I expect when I go into that business to be served and served well. But that's a restaurant. It's not the church. It's a restaurant, and it's not the church. Okay, the church is a family. I love, I love my friend Banning's, you know, message, kind of having to do with some of this the same stuff. But, you know, he was talking about when he married his wife, and he spent his first Thanksgiving with their family because he had really just a few family members on his side. You know, that when he when it came Thanksgiving time, man, he was having to you know peel potatoes. At Thanksgiving, because that's what family does. There's stuff that needs to be done, and he just jumped in and started peeling potatoes. And he says, when he was looking at the turkey carver, which seemed like a little bit more of a prominent position, you know, a little higher role in that moment, he said he wasn't, you know, you know jonesing to be the turkey carver and trying to climb his way up the corporate ladder at Thanksgiving and find his way maybe into that position. He just, he was happy, to serve and to give himself to the family, right? So if we see the Father's house as a family, I'm going to see it as a relational construct. Let me stop right there. The family of God has to be relational at its core. It's got to be. That's why we're leaning into in our true north model of how we do ministry here. We're leaning into the engagement space like never before. I love that we are known for worship. I love that you're coming here and you're hearing about intimacy with God. You're hearing about your identity. You're hearing about the impact that you can make on this world. But if we don't take what's happening here and put it into practice with engagement of one another relationally, where we really have mentors in our lives, really have friends, really have other people that we're giving it away to, we are missing a massive part of what God is up to in the church. And the body of Christ has been really, really good at gatherings, but not connection. So we're gonna lean in to connection. Can I get an amen? We're gonna lean into engagement with one another because it is very, very important. Because the family is a relational construct that happens as we connect with one another, as we step outside of our comfort zones, as we step into spaces that may seem scary. Trust me, I, I'm 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 the pastor of this church, and yesterday at Top Golf, I wanted to hide behind one of the couches as all the guys started to come in. I don't like meeting new people. Anybody else like that? I have to really work at that. And when you're an extroverted introvert like me, you know, you have to put yourself out there in those moments. Like, you know, you're kind of like, oh man, what do I say? We go over and talk to this person. But it's it's worth it, right? And just, just ask questions. Ask questions about someone's story. Hear a little bit about their life. It's not hard. It's not, not bad. But it's a relational construct that I can get to connect my heart to. I get to connect my heart to that. I get to give of my treasure, my time. Like, trust me, I'm putting way more time in here than I'm getting paid for. Can I get in? Way. But I love to do it because it's, it's part of, of my commitment to the family. I'm not doing this because I'm on staff. I love the Father's house. I love being a part of what God is doing on the earth through the church. As, as messed up and as many problems as we've had in the church and still are probably going to have tomorrow, man, I'm more excited about the body of Christ and the church than ever before in my entire time of walking with Jesus. Come on. If you're down on the church right now, man, you're missing probably the greatest moment that we're going to ever see in human history as it relates to his church. Let me, let me just say this up front. Jesus has not and never will abandon his church and come up with some other plan B. Now it may look a little different, it may, you know, go outside the box of our normal religious thinking, but trust me, Jesus is going to build his church where the very gates of hell will never prevail against it. Never. Sometimes I just feel that preach come on me. You know what I mean? It's just like, whoa, I'm like, okay, hold on, Pull back a little bit. I get to connect my heart with my treasure. And where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Listen, this is no heavy, but if we're not giving of our time, if we're not giving of our talents, if we're not giving of our resources to the kingdom of God, we're not connected to it. And we're not going to feel the, 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 the beauty of that connection. The more we give, right, relationally to someone else, the more we're able to receive that relationship. Any married people in the room, wave your hands at me. Come on the more that we open up ourselves and this is scary. We open up ourselves intimacy into me you see, right? And we go there to that scary place where that person could <sighs> wipe us off the planet or take us into a new dimension of relational beauty that we will be will be celebrating 30 years next year. It's crazy, me and Wendy. Come on. I need a better hand clap for 30 years of marriage. Yeah. But as I've invested my treasure in that other human being, I've become the bigger beneficiary, trust me, of what she is in my life to take me into who God's actually called me to be. It's incredible, it's amazing. So where we get to connect our hearts to other people and there's room for us to grow. I want you to just think about this. The Father's house for you is a place for you to grow. It's a garden. It is a massive, awesome garden. Where you plant yourself in that soil, listen. I give you a, a a money back guarantee today. I don't know if I should say it like that. Actually, no. Never mind. Never mind. Scratch. Scratch that. Kevin, could you delete that from the recording? Here's what I want to say. If you if you plant yourself in this soil, which I double dog dare you to do. <laughs> Is that even legal now? Can you even say that? I mean, that's like so anti-millennial. That's like so old school. But double dog dare, right? That's what we used to do when I was a kid. Double dog dare people. I don't even know what that means. (laughs) Two dogs and a dare. All right. So weird. Double dog. A triple dog dare you. All right, we're going to take it up a level. Plant yourself in this soil. I promise you will get changed. You want to know how I know that? Because we've seen 10,000 people come through these doors over 16 years. And we've seen more life change than I've seen in any other church. And that's the honest to God truth. And you know what? That's not because of us. It's because of Jesus' presence working here in the midst of his Father's house. It's awesome. So here's a question we're going to answer today. Just a few minutes remaining. What is the purpose of these fivefold gifts to the family of God in relationship to seeing healthy establishment of the Father's house? How many of you know that that's a goal of the Lord, is to see a healthy house of the Father established on the earth right now? So we're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, 12. And 13, all right? We're gonna start out with this. Number one reason that I believe the fivefold ministry gifts are given to the Father's house for the establishment of health is this. The fivefold gifts are given to protect the integrity of the church. Another word there is soundness. I don't know if you guys saw in the news the other day, there's this massive skyscraper in Chicago. I've actually been there. Any Chicagoans in the house? Come on, I see one in the back right there. In this skyscraper, there's this place that you can walk out on that's glass. You ever seen this? That's just wrong, right? And and someone was walking on it, and it began to break. Did you see this? Don't you guys watch NBC Nightly News? Come on. begin to break. In other words, can you imagine being that person? You're staring down at like 80 floors below you, hundreds and hundreds of feet, and that thing's like, and you're like, "Ah!" you know, whatever. I don't like like heights. Now that may freak just be news to you, being a former pole vaulter and a current pilot, but I don't like heights because unless I have a pole in my hand and a plane in my control, I mean, at least put a parachute on me and I'll be good, but you leave me to myself in a height, I'm out. I don't want it. Right? Because how many of you know someone in a height without any other apparatus and you go out into that abyss, you're not going to probably end up too well? Can I get an amen? So there was no integrity to that walkway, it was unsafe. And the fivefold ministry gifts are here to protect and to defend the integrity of the Father's house. And when you see it as a family and not a business, you will lay your life down for the soundness of that house being built up in a healthy way. And trust me, The Lord will test your heart to see which kind of house you're building, one that's a business or one that's a family. Because when it comes to your personal sacrifice that maybe at times you have to make for the sake of the gospel, he'll see where your heart is really at. Sitting in the back, I just want to say hey to a friend of mine, Mark Whitten, and he was one of the first guys to move down with our team. We were coming down here Uh, to South Florida, and uh, I think I've told this story before, but he gave me this word. He said, the Lord wants you to know that he doesn't owe you anything for moving down here. And I wanted like, okay, Mark, come here. What do you mean? I left everything to come here, sacrificed everything, and then lose all of our support and I'm taking fourth grade kids to St. Augustine with Sunshine Tours, amen, for no, $389 a trip. It was worth way more than that, trust me. Oh, my God. 104th grade kids. And he's telling me, or the Lord is telling me through him, that Father doesn't owe me anything for coming down here. And you know what? He's right. He didn't. Entitlement is killing the culture right now. <laughs> Is killing our culture. I gl- I'm so glad that we're celebrating everybody and all of our achievements are not so much achievements, you know. But the point is, is that man, we're in this not for what God can give us, but for what we're committed to as it relates to all of this other beautiful stuff that He's up to in the earth right now. Because it's not a business, there's no ROI in this deal, okay? The ROI is your life being given for the sake of the gospel. And trust me, he will bless your socks off, do more things, you know, for you than you can ever imagine. I'm not saying there's no side of that. It is, my life has been wonderful. Now, John 2.17, I want to show you this quickly because we go, gosh, we're running out of time. The previous thing that I read to you in John, remember that? Last scripture, right after when Jesus drives everybody out, Look what the apostles, the disciples said of him. They said, his disciples then remembered the prophecy from the scriptures about Jesus. Passion for God's house will consume me. Ooh, I love that. It's it's really good for some fathers to rise up. Mothers as well. Come on and say, man, I'm burning with passion for God's house, and it is so in me, it is like fire shut up in my bones, that it is literally taking over the essence of who I am. We want to talk about revival. That's what revival is going to look like. Revival is going to look like Holy Spirit touching down on some people, saying, Man, I'm all about the Father's house. I'm all about His zeal coming and consuming me so that people can find a place of rest. Oh my God. If you, if you look at like the river flowing from the throne of God in, in Revelation, there's those trees. Those leaves are falling off the trees. There are these massive oak trees. You know what those things are? They're not trees, they're you. They're people that got planted somewhere and they said I'm gonna grow, I'm gonna let my my roots go deep into this soil and I'm gonna have there's room here for me to mature and I'm gonna stay in this place because I'm gonna get big and one day there's gonna be a lot of branches coming off of me and a lot of a lot of uh, you know leaves on those branches and people gonna be able to come and find rest under my shade and there's gonna be healing there oh. Come on, our lives and our journey and all that God's doing in us in the midst of our own brokenness and pain where there's the redemption of Jesus coming, it's not just for us. It's to give hope to other people. Hope. Hope in the earth. Hope where people can go, man, there's got to be somewhere I can go. There's got to be someone I can surround myself with and then just find a place of rest. Zeal for God's house. I remember when this, this I, I knew that this was kind of starting to rest on me. I don't know if I'm going to get through all three points. <clears throat> but we'll do our best. I, I left the business world. I was in the marketplace. I was in business. I know business. I love business. But I went to Christ for the Nations Bible School. And while I was down there, my first job was working in the admissions department on campus. So, I'd call all the students that were thinking about coming, tell them how they should come and how it's awesome. And, you know, in the back of my head, I was thinking, don't do this unless you're supposed to do it. But I couldn't say that. Um, But my boss, I discovered, I started working in the fall, and round about December, I discovered that my boss in the admissions department was selling defunct computers to international students before they were moving back to their country upon their graduation. And, okay, he was related to the founders of the school. And man, something got a hold of my heart, and I was like, the zeal for the Father's house came over me, and I was like, this is wrong. This is ridiculous. He's making money off these poor students that are gonna get on a plane and go back to their nation and find out by the time they get there, after raising all the support they need to get this nice computer and bring it back home to their country, that it's actually not even working. This is wrong. And I felt a little bit, I was actually not so right. <laughs> I wanted to choke him out, you know. Do a Vitor Belfort and choke him out. <laughs> but I confronted him. I confronted him. And I didn't want to confront him. How many of you know confrontation is not always fun? If you enjoy confrontation, we got some ministry teams up here that will really (laughs) love to pray for you at the end today. I hate it. I was like, this is not a business. I was in business. Now I'm in family. And this is wrong. And I told them about it. That's when I knew that something was going on in my heart. Where there was a zeal for God's house that was taking possession of me. You know, this is what the Lord wants to do in us. Secondly, the fivefold gifts are given to equip God's people for ministry. Old school way of church was they'd hire a little old pastor and he would do everything. Everything. In fact, I saw that model and I was like, no way am I going into that. You mean I got to come and be at your every need? You know, and most churches, did you know in America when we were doing it like that, never got past 100 people? Never. Because it was all upside down. The, that person should have been equipping the people to actually go and do ministry. That's the main mission of the fivefold equipping gift. That's the mission of it. And so a lot of apostles just moved overseas, a lot of teachers just planted themselves in seminary. Which, to be honest, I think teachers need to be in church. They need to be in churches equipping people. I'm not against Bible vocational schools, but trust me, there was a lot of segmentation in the body of Christ. There were prophets that just went into hiding. Because they looked at that thing and they're like, that's not how it's supposed to be. The five-fold ministry gifts are to equip people for the work of ministry. Everyone involved in this work. Look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. You guys can actually start to pre- just play on the guitar. Here we go. Start doing like a, like, I don't know, like a lead guitar lick or something. That'll be really awesome, right? Like Journey or something. Journey. But look at this. We were riding with some other 80s people the other day. We were listening to Steve Perry and Journey, and I was like having a spiritual moment. I was like, I was trying to tell Justin about this, man. He just doesn't get it. I was like Coldplay is his deal. I'm like oh, dude, no, the outfield, the outfield, oh. outfield, yeah, outfield. outfield. <laughs> that was real music in the '80s. Come on, somebody, real, yes. But look what he says in Ephesians 4:16. It says he makes the whole body fit together perfectly, as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow. The church is supposed to grow. It's supposed to grow in maturity. It's supposed to grow in size. It's supposed to grow in influence. It's supposed to grow in impact. It's supposed to grow in power. It's supposed to grow in authority. It's supposed to grow in everything. We should be seeing change in our cities. We should be seeing change in the world because the church is supposed to grow but we'll never grow without you. What? True story. It won't grow without you. Darren, isn't Benny Hen enough? Isn't, I don't know, who else? <laughs> who else? I mean. Reinhard Bunkie, who else, Bill Johnson, aren't they, aren't those guys enough, I mean they're powerful, no they're not enough, they're not even close to being enough, give me all the, the top celebrity preachers in America and put them across this stage and they're not even a blip on the radar enough, it's called the army of God, the people of God that are sitting Last one is this. You guys can stand with me. Five-fold ministry gifts are given to bring maturity to the body. Everybody say maturity. I was thinking about this the other day. There's three types of people in a house. Guests. Kids. And mature, functioning Adults. How many of you know that guests, it's okay to have guests in your house? You don't expect them to cook dinner. You don't expect them to do yard work. You don't expect them to fill in the blank, right? They're guests in the house. When when we go to different churches, different ministries, I'm not like going there. I like it, actually. It's nice. I don't have to think about anything. You know, I don't have to worry about anything. I just sit there, chill out, worship. You know, and then just get a receipt. It's nice. It's nice being a guest, right? How many of you know it's also pretty cool being a kid? Like sometimes I look at our kids. I'm like, ah, oh, you have no idea the responsibilities that are coming your way. I wish I was you right now. Can we trade places? Like I want to be a kid. It's okay to be a kid. But how many of you know when you're 40 years old, it's not good to be a kid anymore? Wendy had a best friend, brother named Joel. Joel was 40, still living in mom's house, and she was still making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for him at lunch. That's not a house I want to go around. Can I get an amen? It's a dysfunctional house. There's, there's, there's some things that are appropriate for us at certain stages in life, but then there's that place where God brings us into maturity, right? No P, B, and J, can I give an amen, past 20. Make your own meal, come on. There's a point that you, that you move out of a place of immaturity into maturity, okay? In fact, here's the deal, I wrote this, one of the main markers of maturity in the church is having the capacity to take personal responsibility. Paul said I have begotten you through the gospel. I brought you into existence as a father. Thoughts real quick, justification. Here, here's where we're going. Totally forgiven. Totally forgiven. But sanctification the process where lies are being replaced with the truth. It's 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 a journey, right? But it's a journey of maturity and the fivefold gifts come and shatter those things. Shatter lies, bring truth, pierce the heart. There's sometimes I'm sitting listening to five-fold ministry, being around them. And I'm like, oh my God, my heart's growing. It's shattering lies. It's breaking into my heart. Lord, would you come today and would you build, let's just pray this over our whole city, over our nation. Would you build the Father's house? come on pray with me Lord build the father's house build a healthy house build a big house Lord where there's room for people to grow where there's room for people to connect their hearts where there's room for people to get involved where there's room for people to mature Lord we're asking today that there would be a revival to your house in this hour like never before in the United States of America We're asking God that, come on, pray this over your own heart, that zeal would consume us relating to your house. It is a family. It's not a business. And wherever there's been business that's been keeping the the lost out of your courts, God, drive it out like a whip. Oh, there's something on that. Drive it out with a whip, Lord. Make space for lost people to come into your family again. God, give us new perception to see what your house is actually all about. Come and have your way. In Jesus' name. Everybody, look up at me as we close. I want to encourage you, summer months, I know it's crazy. Everybody's here, there, and everywhere. But start preparing your heart because we're going to say, hey, listen, we want you to journey with us here. And I challenge you, connect your heart, put your roots down. You know, let them grow, let that soil grow you. It's a win-win, trust me. When you give, you receive way more than you would if you didn't. And listen, the uh, the Holy Spirit is up to something so powerful in our midst, and it's awesome, awesome, awesome to be a part of the Father's house. Can we give the Lord a huge hand clap of praise? It's awesome. Yes. It's good to be us. Come on, let's give a hand clap to Jesus. Good to be us, God. It's good to be in the house of God. You know, David said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to dwell in all the fancy tents of the wicked. I'd way rather be in here. So that's what we're up to. We're going to have some ministry teams come. They're going to be here to pray for you, minister to you. If you don't know Jesus, come on. Come and tell him. We want to introduce you to him. If, if something from this message impacted your heart, come. And let's pray for you as well. If you've got anything going on in your body, we want to minister to that as well. Sickness, just anything emotional, come and we'll receive from the Lord. God bless you guys. Fathers, have an awesome rest of your day. God bless you in Jesus' name.